0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode fifty-eight of the Justin Inside Podcast. You know the routine by now. My name is Tim Backbeck. I am a writer. I am a lover of films, music, and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Hope everyone is well. Everyone enjoying their their week and so forth. I um, hope everyone enjoyed last week's episode with Esme Baker from Screech Bats. Um, it was kind of one of my favourite ones because I, I I kind of went into it a little bit blind. Um, than I usually do because a lot of my guests I either know personally or I know uh, a bit more about. But Screechpats were a fairly newish band to me, and yeah, it was it was it was an eye opener. So I really enjoyed that one. Um, going to keep this intro pretty short because uh, I'm pretty tired. So I still have to edit all this together. Um, and again, I haven't really got a whole lot to report to you. My life's been pretty boring recently, unfortunately. Um, I did go and see uh Steven Soderbergh's. Latest film, um, *Unsane*, that was really cool. Um, if you're into your your thrillers, certainly one I'd I'd recommend. The the twist at the end is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, recommend that. Uh, but apart from that, nothing too exciting. Um, my band, The Divorcee, we've been working on a new set. Uh, so as we finally got some shows lined up for for April, thankfully. So uh, we'll be plugging those relentlessly nearer the time. But um, Main one is kind of what uh, the Washed Out Festival, which we played last year, so we're playing that again this year, which I'm I'm really looking forward to because Daggermouth playing it, and oh fucking Daggermouth, can't wait. I feel like I've been waiting years to see that band, so yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, but I'll have a little bit more to, to talk to you guys about next week because uh, tonight I'm gonna be going to see uh, Jonathan Pye Then tomorrow I'm off to Bristol go see Bell Witch Monarch. Um, and then the weekend I'm going to go see Ready Player One and Isle of Dogs, which I'm super stoked about. So yeah, we'll have plenty more to talk about next week. Um, also, before, before I get into this week's episode, just want to give a quick shout out to my brother, whose birthday it is today. So yeah, happy birthday, bro. Um, right, let's get into it. This week's guest uh, is someone that I've wanted to get on since deciding to kind of change the format a little bit at the beginning of this year. Uh, he is the drummer of Watch Cries. Uh, and Unease And he's also the man behind Head of Records He is Ant Cole A very good friend of mine and known him for Quite a few years now So um, And I think Ant's got a quite, quite an interesting Sort of background Like he's one of these guys That just is relentless In, in his sort of work That he does within his music um, So that's kind of why I wanted to get him on Because he's been in all these These rad bands But Being the drummer He's kind of always in the background So I wanted to to give him a bit of limelight even though i don't think he necessarily wanted it he was a bit nervous um but once we got into it it was it was cool got to obviously talk about all the the numerous bands he was in uh his kind of musical beginnings and kind of what what makes him tick so yeah please sit back enjoy the chat that i have with ant uh, and i'll see you on the other side Sat in the <laughs> lovely flat of uh, Watch Cries Drummer and Headless Guru Records. Head honcho and Cole with a nice, lovely coffee tea, warming myself up. And thank, um, thank you for for welcoming me into your home. How how Pleasure. are you? How is everything? I'm good, thank you. I'm
1: been at work this morning, so a bit tired, but yeah. otherwise, yeah, I'm all good. And it's the weekend. And he said
0: suffering <laughs> with a little bit of a cough, so a little bit of a cough, <laughs> a little bit of the sniffles. You know, been out in this rain, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's I'll not. like sol- a soldier on. I was gonna say Brighton's probably not the best place to be when it's cold. When it's warm, is nice. But <laughs> Too many damn hills. <laughs> this is true. So much wind, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, obviously the, the show is called Just an Insight, so I like to take my guests back to their back to their roots, so to say, and get an insight into what got them into music and the sort of path they kind of chose. So cool. obviously the wrong we, path. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, um, I wanted to kind of speak to you because I've known you for for many years and been a drummer in several bands that I've either put on or have yep. gone and seen. But I've never kind thanks of thanks again for that. No, that's sorry. but I just kind of wanted to see how you kind of got into it. So what was your First introduction into kind of alternative music? Um,
1: I guess, well, I grew up in South East London um, and I wasn't into music at all, it just wasn't a thing. You know, okay. But then. then, it just, you know, the kind of social circle that I was hanging around, with, we were more about like kind of pretending, you know, to be army. <laughs> <laughs> Running around with sticks and beat each other up. Um, just wasn't the kind of done thing, really. Um, but then uh, I moved to Brighton when I was 10. Right. So I kind of, I do have Brighton to thank for that. Yeah. Um, it opened me up to a whole kind of new. Set of people, a new set of ideas and ways of looking at life, um, and uh, I discovered, yeah, a kind of a lot of a lot of different kind of uh, musics, uh, a lot of different people, a lot of different scenes, um, a lot of different crazy cool things that I would never experienced. But ultimately, it had to have started back in I suppose ninety six, when Shaker released their record K.
0: Nice. <laughs> and I think, I think a lot of people know this about me,
1: Um and that's partly why the label was called Headless Guru, but they are ultimately my favourite band, and what got me into, not not just alternative music, and not just heavy music, or punk rock, or whatever, but um, just music in general. Yeah. As I said, because my background didn't, you know, my parents weren't musical, nothing like that. I had you know, none of them played records, really, anything like that. Um, so I kind of just, I felt like I discovered it off my own back when I was a kid in South East London. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I picked up this record, and I listened to it, and I just absolutely fell in love. Um, and Paul Winterhart, the drummer. That was it. I just I saw him playing. You know, I was watching their videos, obsessed, absolutely obsessed. Yeah. Um, and that's what got me into music. So that record holds. Um, it's a very it's a very sentimental record to me. Uh, it means a lot. Um, and then obviously from then it progressed. I for that for me after a while that just wasn't enough.
0: Yeah. I realised you know I was an angry little kid. You know, I think everyone in this sort of environment gets to that stage. Yeah, don't they? Um I had ADHD
1: as well, and I was just a lot of frustration, and a lot of pent up anger um you know I was shipped off to boarding school and uh, one thing that really uh, you know helped me find solace and ironically calm me down was listening to the heaviest aggressive most yeah, gnarliest yeah. music i could find and that was it i just wanted to keep doing that um uh, but i've always loved the melody as well mm. so um you know it's kind of something that i've always i've always made sure i've never just stuck to one thing yeah i've always been open to everything and anything because there's always there's always anger and aggression in, in something. Yeah. In, in, in everything, I think.
0: And how did that, because you said, obviously, the, the drummer from Cooler Shaker was sort of someone that you sort of heard and was like, that's kind of it for me put, yeah. put on that path. But so how did you, was, was drums always something that, that you'd yeah. kind of, yeah. or did you sort of start with other instruments or was it always drums for you? It was always
1: it was always drums for me, always. Um, I've always said, if I'm not hitting drums, I'm hitting people, so. <laughs> Um, fair enough <laughs> basically it's, it's, it's my therapy yeah. ultimately as a kid I just as soon as I saw that and realised that not only could I be like aggressive but I could be constructive mm. um, and uh, it, it just opened my eyes up to everything I was 10 years old I, t- I turned around to my mum I was like I want drum lessons yeah Like, and she d- and, you know, she was just like yeah let's sort it out so I was 10 years old on my first tr- first drum lesson sat down in front of a snare drum you know being shown how to go right, left, right, left I thought was, after that I, I didn't mm. want to think I kind of lost hope so next week I took in what was it I can't remember what record I took in I was like I want to learn how to play this <laughs> and that was it and I found my star style and he was like okay we're not we're not going to go down grades or exams or books we're not going to go down that route with you we're just going to do- go down the the route of. it that's really
0: cool because I think yeah. a lot of teachers probably would have been like no you need to learn the fundamentals first. But yeah. That's cool The that you had a teacher that was... Yeah, I, m- I remember Mr.
1: Stratford. Um, he was a great guy. Um, he, he, I think he straight... He was a jazz drummer, like, really technically brilliant. Yeah. Like, really wanted to, obviously, kind of, like, make his pupils, um, you know, technically great like him, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't like that. I, I was... I think he realised before he even knew it that I was. I wanted to be a punk drummer. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to hit hard and fast and learn how to have a good time. Um, so, yeah, I went down that route, and he he, he, he helped me do that. So... Yeah, um, after about two years of that, he went, right, on your own, Like, I don't think I can do anything more. If you yeah, just yeah. listen to your records and do your own thing. So looks sort of like tour by air kind of thing. Yeah, so then after that, I just taught myself and started bands. What was it, 13, I think, when I did my first band. And I've never looked back. Yeah. I've
0: never looked back. Well, before we get into sort of the band sort of side of things, the other thing that I, I like to ask sort of off the off the top of the show is kind of, what your first experience of kind of live music was so what was the kind of first like big alternative or maybe not necessarily big but alternative Um, show that you went to that you can remember being a poignant moment i think yeah the biggest show i think my first show ever i think i was a kid um
1: must be when i just moved to brighton so i was probably about 10. the late 90s sometime uh i went to see blur Oh, nice! At the, at the Brighton Centre, it was their singles tour. Oh, okay, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Um, and I hadn't really properly discovered like heavy music. or Yeah, like yeah. It. So this was like, like my first show. And I, I wanted to go to shows before then, and I kind of, I knew I kind of what kind of shows I wanted to go to, but this was like this would have done, you know. I, yeah. I went with my dad and I sat on his shoulders for a bit, and it was great. Um, but it just made me realise what I was kind of hungry for. Mm. And uh, yeah, I just started to over the time, obviously as I got older and I got a bit more freedom and could roam the streets of Brighton on my own <laughs> yeah, and make new friends and um, yeah, I started going to much smaller shows, much more intimate
0: shows and getting into the kind of scenes and bands that I really wanted to. So what, was this sort of like early teens and stuff that you were kind of exploring sort of the smaller shows? Yeah, I guess like? so. I mean,
1: Brighton was a different place than it is now. Like, you know, obviously there was no you could easily you know you could easily get away with Andre's drinking and smoking and, and, <laughs> yeah. you know b- being bright it was always very liberal and yeah, yeah. drugs and you know whatever, it just there was it was a free pass all the time and it was yeah, great and yeah. you know, I think I had the last good glory years of it being <laughs> like the kind of gay <laughs> liberal town it, it bloody well should be yeah, yeah. and um yeah I, I think you know all, you know, there was bands were set up you know down back alleys and stuff and it was it was, it was just great, it was just it was just such good fun and I'm so glad I had those days and I, I saw so many good bands um yeah I'm, be, I'm very thankful for Brian for, for everything yeah. that it's, it's shown me yeah.
0: and we'll start getting into kind of your your sort of foray into to band as you say about sort of 13 when you kind of started but mm. I want to quickly ask this may not be something that I'm very familiar with but technique wise because I think something that's always fascinated me with sort of punk hardcore drummers whatever you want to call them is speed and things like that and I think you're one of the drummers that I know that can hit a drum kit ridiculously hard but still sort of keep a really <laughs> good sort of tight blast beat and things like that Thank so you. like was it just a case of kind of practice makes perfect to kind of get that speed of, um, of playing a blast beat and things like that how yeah, do you I'll, kind of build that up
1: obviously yeah obviously the more you do it you know the better you'll become the more natural it will become the more the more muscle memory it become that if you see, i've always th- i've always said that as soon as you stop thinking about it then you play it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say one trick for me is is buy really big thick sticks. <laughs> yeah, okay. because you know people say oh why, you know why you using them like oh you know use a five B or use a five A or, or a seventy. I was like, no 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 yeah you can get more technique and flair but I'm not going to sacrifice that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna force myself to make sure that I can still play. You know, fairly technical stuff if I want it, but on really powerful sticks, I can still get that power. Mm. Um, And I, you know, that's why I shred my hands to pieces and you know, (laughs) get blisters and bleed and get calluses. And you know, it's it's, it's, it's all part of it for me because I wanted to train myself to kind of be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I take pride in the fact that I can, I can continually hit hard whilst kind of doing the speed. Um, But yeah. That's my only trick. I'm not going to give too much away. <laughs> Keep it close to your chest. Um, yeah, big thick sticks. Overhit. Yeah, know. yeah.
0: Over-hit no, that's cool. Every time. But, um, so yeah, let's get into kind of your your first sort of introduction of, of playing sort of music yourself. So you, you said first band about sort of thirteen. So what what was what was that band? Yeah, that was with um, with Paul. Oh, so why, um, why am I not surprised? Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I give a quick quick explanation, the whole time I've known, and I think. Every band you've been in, 90 80, percent 80, of my bands. Yeah, yeah, has been with Paul, who is your best friend as well. Yeah, um, he's an awesome dude. He's the guitarist in several of the bands that I've been. He's quit in. now, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Sorry, he's carry a, on. He's had a great legacy. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you and Paul. Um, yeah, we've known each other. We obviously we we met at school when we were twelve or something. Um, he was always the hip hop kid, and he was hanging hanging around us idiots listening to Slipknot records and stuff. <laughs> Picked up a guitar and was just learned it, you know. Picked it up naturally. It was just a great kid. It's been best my best friend ever since. And uh, yeah, it was me, uh, my mate Ron Reid, and my mate Jimmy Hookham. Um, we were all just a bunch of idiot kids, and we got together in a practice room in Eastbourne. Yeah. Um, played some really awful songs. I think <laughs> I still got the demos. The <laughs> um, we were called Jaded Eager. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was a really good time, but obviously you know we were kids who so didn't work out. And then I did another band and then yeah i met some new people through that did another band another band you know had five at once oh wow (laughs) seven at once and then went down to one again then two you know it's just been it's just been a thing of mine um i just always loved i just knew that this is i've always wanted to do this yeah sacrifice everything else to do this kind of yeah yeah um
0: and i think that i don't know if it's so much here in in brighton but i know in Portsmouth drummers are like gold dust so you kind of saying that you were in sort of five bands seven bands at one time was that the case that you were you were guess the drummer so, yeah. kid kind of thing yeah I, I guess so I even went, you know I used to play shows I went, went on tour with certain other bands and
1: I'd, I'd be playing you know not too far away but kind of you know um, areas above London and Kids would be like, oh, you know, you're a drummer. Do you want to be in this band? You know, it's all right. We could sort it out. You know, <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. Fuck. Like, what what is it with drummers? Um, yeah, they are they are like cold dust, I suppose, in a lot of places. But in some ways, you know, not being arrogant, but big up the drummers because if you've got a crap drummer, you've, um, got, you've got a crap band. Yeah, yeah, um, no, no, I tell totally you. And I agree. think a lot of the
0: time, maybe there are quite a few drummers out there. They're just awful. Well, this is like because the drummer in my band like I love him to bits but he's naturally uh, well he used to be in a grindcore band but he's kind of like I think he's jazz trained so whenever we have practice and stuff he'll just start like messing around with like the most like bizarre sort of rhythms and stuff because he's used to playing jazz and things and Mm. it's just like dude like you're like one in a million in sports yeah. sort of thing. It, it's, it's amazing. It's, and as you say, like <laughs> if if you've got someone that's there, just going like yeah. it does, it just ruins the rest of. I think so. The yeah. the commodity, but um, unless
1: that unless the song requires that. Oh right? yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I've always said, yeah, if if a drummer doesn't hit
0: hard, even to any capacity, to any degree. I can't bear it, <laughs> I cannot bear it, yeah. You know. Well, because obviously we met when you were still in, uh, Dope Fight was still a thing, so yeah. before we get there, was, was were you kind of in bands that were doing tours or anything before Dope Not Fight? really, no,
1: I, I suppose Do- Dope Fight was the first band that kind of opened me up to kind of maybe, you know, doing it a bit more properly, mm. you know, um, rather than just keeping it local. Yeah. We started spreading our wings a bit. Um, so it gave me the taste for that as such Um, I was in bands a lot of bands um, different kind of bands Um, uh, but yeah I think it was Doe Fight I think it was the one that kind of opened my eyes up to kind of the more the underground heavier scenes yeah Um, but before that yeah I was doing I was doing a fair amount of stuff you know I toured Germany with a soul band oh wow did did a few kind of different things but Doe Fight definitely was the one for me that yeah made sure that uh it was the the heavy scenes and those kind of people Yeah, I fell in love with yeah
0: so what tell me through like your first sort of touring experience obviously what was that like for you kind of hitting the road for the first time going places that you hadn't been amazing
1: because to be honest like we We didn't even d- start Dope Fight uh, seriously. Oh, okay. Like, we had
0: no intentions to do
1: to be a, an actual proper band. <laughs> we, we, we were in a kind of rap punk band at the time called Saint Frank Cartel, where Paul was rapping. Oh, punk. nice! Oh, babe, uh, I want to hear that. <laughs> um, and, and it's really good. Like we, you know, we wrote a twenty-track album. And I think it was like nine minutes long or something. Brilliant. Um, and it was really good fun. And we, we kind of, we really wanted to do that. And just off the side, like, I remember at the time Stone was kind of taking off. Mm. Um, when was this? Back in like two thousand and eight. I think it was two thousand and nine. And we just started like one time at practice jamming some stonerists Like none of us were really that you know that heavily into it. Yeah. Like, we liked it. We enjoyed it. But we weren't really that into it. You know, we were punks. Yeah. Um, so we started jamming. You we know, we 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 wrote a couple of songs just unintentionally. Yeah. And recorded them really craply and put them on online. I think this was, this was a was it MySpace. Yeah. 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 A load of dudes, like from America, like picked up and they're like, "This is amazing! Like, you know, dude, this, sort this out. This is great." And we're like,
0: oh, "Okay."
1: <laughs> so we gave it a little whirl, like cut an actual demo, and people seemed to dig it, and we we were quite surprised. So yeah. the fact that anyone liked it and anyone wanted to put us on or even like make us go on tour with some other bands or something was just incredible. Like it was it was it was incredible. So it all kind of took off from there, and then suddenly, what was just a bit of a joke became like the greatest and most. That uh, was the, the biggest love of our lives in yeah, some ways. Yeah. You know, for the years that it was around, what two thousand and nine, two thousand and twelve, I think we existed. Uh, it was a very intense and beautiful three years. Well, because
0: I think I I went back and revisited some of it mm. uh, just to kind of refamiliarise myself. but I think they did like. What like three EPs, three splits, or something? We did a lot. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's quite like a productive time because there really was a joke sort of start
1: out. I mean, it was it was a it was a really it was a good year for. I mean, you know, good years for all of us. Like we were all really good friends, and we were writing some really good music, and it was getting good reception. And you know, we were recording with Nick at the time, so it was really easy. And we just did as much as we could, Mm. crammed as much as we could in, and um, yeah, it was all good. Um, You know, you know, all good things come to an end, but you know, at the end of the day what it was was amazing mm. and I'm very thankful for that and it was it was a great that I mean Buzz especially that record for me is 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 perfect in a lot of ways yeah um, but
0: yeah it, you know onwards and upwards <laughs> well I've, I've kind of jumped forward a little bit than my from my usual sort of path. so I'm going to step back a little bit okay. but because obviously you mentioned that you weren't necessarily into the whole kind of Stoner rock do yeah. kind of thing, and I think that was something that, that,
1: that kind of that kind of thing grew on mm, me with, yeah.
0: It. But I think like that was a thing because obviously, after we'd met, obviously, you get the standard oh, we'll add you on Facebook sort of thing, yeah. And, but you were posting like the fast punk sort of stuff that I, I listened to as well, and I was mm. sort of like, oh, I didn't necessarily a lot of people you. know me for slower bands, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, how did you <laughs> kind of fall in love with the, the sort of punk scene? And because as you say, it's sort of that, that growth of sort of listening to, to heavier I, stuff, like how did you kind of settle on, well, I wouldn't say settle, but get to to that h- harder, faster stuff that, that you've sort of listened to on a more regular basis, I guess?
1: Um, well, I've always been more into that. I've always, you know, I remember years ago going to see like The Hope Conspiracy, Since by Man, um, Anti-Maniacs, that whole household name scene. I remember growing up with all of that, you know, even the whole Scar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, it was, it was natural to be around and be associated with more, you know, punks and more punk bands, but I guess, I, th- I think it's the people only know me more for kind of my metal bands, because obviously because of Dope Fight yeah and Wolf and all those kind of things, um, re- more recently, but um, I, I guess I, I never, I did a few punk bands when I was younger, but they were just snotty little crappy teenagers. Yeah, and yeah. No one ever really noticed, which was a good thing. <laughs> um, thank God for that. I suppose people only really started taking notice when I was, I was doing my metal bands, so that's why I think people really predominantly think of me as more of a, yeah, that yeah. kind of drama but I, I don't think anymore obviously because I've, I've been yeah of course yeah, done a lot more kind of more punk stuff recently um, but yeah it's always in my heart and my soul is definitely in, in the whole punk scene yeah um, you know back in the late 90s early noughties it was Brighton was thriving yeah yeah it was absolutely thriving and all the way up <laughs> you know and it kind of it died off a bit again and about you know kind of towards the end of the noughties and um, that's when the whole kind of metal scene started taking off so yeah. it's kind of like we tried it. I tried to do punk bands with people. Yeah, but it just didn't really happen. There just wasn't really much of a scene, no. especially like after like a band Ship and Turn Cold and all those kind of really cool bands died. Um, there just wasn't much. You know, a lot of people moved away. There just wasn't yeah. much. you know, ask for
0: it. So we started playing metal. And it took off. <laughs> uh, now we can start playing punking because yeah. it's cool. <laughs> well, because that's the thing. Because I remember, like, obviously Portsmouth's always been a bit of a sort of a Black hole for sort of music, in my opinion, unless you're like a straight up metal band mm. or an indie band, like there's not really much in between. So, when if we wanted to go to like punk or hardcore shows, we'd either have to go to Southampton or come to Brighton, yeah. And yeah. It, it just reminded you, me, say, you saying about Abandoned Ship, that I went to an ordea here and it was them, Honor Amongst Thieves, Nervous Wreck. Yeah. Um, oh, what was the band? They dressed up as in like wrestling. Uh, oh, um, wrestling Los Mendozas. That was it. Yeah. So it was like that kind of. They were like the first half. And then the second half, you had Ceremony, Bane, mm. Have Heart. It was just the weirdest kind of yeah. mix of bands. But yeah, that was. I remember like that. sort the thing is, Brian's always been quite open to mixed bills. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I, definitely. I mean, as a
1: kid growing, growing up, you know, as a teenager, I always, always kind of was. I was used to seeing like a scar band open up for a hardcore band yeah yeah you know no one really gave a shit you know postcards punks would hang out with you know bloody straight edge kids and straight edge kids would hang out you know some chavs if they wanted to turn up <laughs> yeah. you know no, no one gave a shit but it did all change unfortunately yeah, and yeah. everything kind of I think in some ways social media might have had a massive oh, effect oh yeah on definitely Um, it, I mean this was before like this was before the internet mm. like it kind of really took off as, yeah as, as yeah as a whole kind of big thing and uh yeah, I think then obviously the MySpace MySpace thing grew, and then obviously the Facebook came about, and you know it just it just changed things. I, you know, I remember trading tapes and writing letters to people. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and getting up numbers and calling, like, hey, hey, John, 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 I've got some tapes for Punk Distro. Do you want to take? Yeah. There?
0: And now it'd be, you know, just a. Yeah, well, that was the thing I always used to like is going into the, the record shops and seeing the bands wanted sort of. Sign and seeing like I remember writing those metal out. drama yeah. and all that sort of thing, so yeah, yeah, I remember writing those out for guitarists all the time, yeah. <laughs>
1: all the time, going to bloody GAC
0: and yeah, man. I need a guitarist, but uh, um, so well, I'm, I am going to, I'm jumping up and down with yeah, my timeline, cool. but it. um, yeah, so after obviously Dope Fight was uh, War Wolf, but then I think the kind of next, I don't want to say landmark in your sort of musical career, but the one that a lot of people kind of maybe know you more for over Warwolf was Teeth. Yeah. Um obviously I'd is, already cool. <laughs> yeah, I knew you anyway, but obviously Lloyd is a very good friend of mine yeah. f- for many a year. So like <laughs> as soon as that kind of project kind of I saw I, I, it was it
1: was on the Wolf tour that we did, the UK tour that we did with Wolf. Where I saw Lloyd play with Edward. Oh okay. And I went that horrible little idiot <laughs> <laughs> needs to be restrained a little bit, yeah, and put in, in front of a band, yeah. And I turned, and I was standing next to Paul, and I went, "What do you think?" He went, "Got potential, yeah. Let's why don't we sort it out?" Like, and at the
0: time, like we just got talking to Lloyd. And he was like, oh, "I just moved to Brighton." I was like, "Right, that's yeah, it. yeah." Well, because that was the thing, like the whole Edward thing for Lloyd. I think just, I don't know, it was just kind of a an opportunity for him to to get that sort of window, and then mm-hmm. for well, as soon as it, I remember. Oh, can't remember where it was it was a little it was show at the edge of the wedge and he came up to me he was yep. like I'm doing a, a band with Anne," and I was like oh shit sort of thing <laughs> and as soon as he t- sent me the demo I was like right yeah I'm on board with this yeah. like kind of power yeah. violence fast fast punk sort of yeah. stuff but well you kind of give me like the basis but sort of how did that kind of collective all come about in, well, obviously it, I know you and Paul have kind of yeah. done bands together well, for ages but Paul
1: and I just wanted to do a band that ripped off Carry On but right. Okay. We, that was basically okay. it. But we also wanted to kind of like maybe have a few more kind of like a few more breakdowns, maybe and a bit more of a kind of as you say a bit more of a power violence you know, yeah. influence on it. Um. So we just started jamming. Nothing really worked for a few weeks, and then we finally got hold of kind of what we wanted to do, and that's when we went, "Lloyd, come in." Yeah, yeah. Lloyd came in and just started doing his thing, and like kind of we worked it out, and we were like, "Yeah, that's sick." So like we st- we cut the demo, and um, but we didn't have a basis. Yeah. So I make Doe, who's plays in DKH Yeah he joined the band for a little bit so we could you know, start playing live and he did for a, what, a good six months or something um, which was sick and he was great and uh, he played a lot of cool shows um, but then obviously he couldn't commit as much time to it so I turned around and asked Steve well Steve came to a show actually right? Um, and he was, I think he saw us play at the, the Prince Albert maybe and he just went look if you ever need a bassist get in touch and then literally like <laughs> was it four or five days later Doe was like I can't do this anymore yeah. and I was like, so I messaged Steve I was
0: like Steve yes
1: I need a bassist now and um, that was it and ever since then Steve and I have you know continued jammed together yeah yeah as well
0: because well, like the thing as well that this is no disrespect to you because obviously yeah. I loved that band but it seemed to blow up like insanely quick like you seemed to be getting what teeth? yeah we didn't we didn't feel no? or think that it, oh, it okay. did at all we, we, just... we felt like we
1: were kind of trying to play, play as much as we could and getting nowhere but...
0: oh okay well there we might just be sort of an outsider looking maybe we've just in been cynical punk idiots <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like I don't know, because I, I think around that time, obviously, Let It Die was, were kind of, mm. well, I know they're still going, but bands, they were yeah. they were getting around Razor Teeth, You Guys. So there was kind of like that that sort of weird little click that there was sort of, sort of like, You Guys from the South, uh, Let It Die in the Midlands, Razor Eater's up, up yeah, North, yeah. that you'd always kind of see running in the same kind of circles sort of mm. thing. So... Good times. Uh, yeah, but that's what I was going to say. Think- ha- how was that kind of... Because I think... For me, that was one of the one of my favourite times in in UK hardcore of recent. That there was yeah, that definitely. sort of dark hardcore sound that sort of represented kind of our age group. So, how was mm. that kind of being in that and sort of torn around with those bands? That was that was a, a great time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know,
1: Lloyd um, was absolutely nuts back then. It was very yeah. exciting, and um, no, it was interesting. I think Teeth was what. Um, Two years, three records, exactly fifty shows. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Um, so that was our tiny little legacy that we left behind, but it was a very intense legacy. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of blood and a lot of it. A lot of, <laughs> of it. Crazy, lyrics. a lot of crazy nonsense. Um, but no, it was really, really good time. Really, you know, a lot of good people doing a lot of good music at that time. It was really exciting, but it did. It it suddenly seemed to stop, which is yeah. a shame. It did. It did. But as I said, for about two years. When was that? What two thousand? No, two thousand fourteen. 2015, yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, it was it was a really really good time. Yeah. Um, but you know, but hey, what can I say? Out at, uh, you know, I, I'm no one to judge or moan because out of every band and out of every dead scene becomes a, a new band and a new scene. Yeah, yeah. And there is so much good stuff out there at the moment. Yeah. You know, like currently the talent and the people and the punks are incredible.
0: Yeah.
1: Like it's, it's awesome. So.
0: And something else that I wanted to touch on with Teeth was uh, playing temples. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. obviously, I think. Did you open the whole thing? I it was a fantastic
1: experience, but almost a very
0: tragic experience. Oh, really? Um, How come?
1: Well, it was. We opened the whole thing up, like yeah, yeah. We were, we opened up on the main stage, which was, which was great. You know, we were honoured to, you know, me, to be asked to play that festival. Yeah, yeah. But let alone then open it up as well on the main stage. But the problem with that is that we had to strict, obviously, because it's a big festival. Yeah, we had to strict. You know, set of um, times we had to stick to, so we had to go on. Unfortunately, and no one got through the queue. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, because I remember like, we it, were one of the first people in because we were quite. We were like, we need to go yeah. see our mates, sort of thing. Um, and it was great. obviously we had you know with a few people there, but and you know being a punk band, we you know
1: we had our set was what eighteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. That? So by the time and we we said to them like we can't go now like we got half an hour slot, but we only want to play like
0: the, 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 the last two it. thirds yeah, of yeah. it
1: and they were like no you've got to go and we were like fuck's sake <laughs> <God's> <laughs> right. yeah 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 um, uh, so basically yeah, we went on and I was like right Steve just hit the bass and have feedback for five minutes <laughs> so we prolonged it as long as we could but then we spent the rest of the day like with people coming up to us going I love you guys but you know we we missed your, we missed your set because we were in the queue you know they only had one person on the ticket thing and they only let one person through at a time and it was just like oh <laughs> great but you know, other than that, it was fantastic. Yeah. You know, we had a you know, it was, that those two years. I think I could write a book about those two years more yeah. than any other band I've been in. That's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> but for for you, like, how was that experience feeling? Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't imagine you've been on the stage that big. Before. It was weird. We uh, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. It didn't feel natural, and
1: we, we we just cracked on. We just we got heads down and did what we do best. But uh, we were swallowed alive by that. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it was a massive big. You know, we we prefer floor shows where yeah. people kind of are, are getting in our faces. Yeah, we prefer that. And uh, this was this was it, I mean it was exciting. And it was good. I'm honoured and I'm privileged, and I'll take the opportunity whenever I can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: You know, I won't say that I'll ever be comfortable <laughs> in that position. Um, so not going to be getting any Joey Jordison high-rise no, because ironically
1: down. i actually think about my playing when i'm in a place like that whereas normally i wouldn't ever think about my <laughs> playing and i don't want to think about my playing no that's fair enough you know
0: <laughs> i just want to do it And <laughs> um, and i think it was around this well for me anyway it was around this time that i noticed that you would sort of start doing the, the headless guru stuff mm. so where, where did that kind of come from was that just some like a, a prep project that you've always kind of wanted to do or how did you kind of decide because Obviously, I I done a label for a little bit, and it's it's hard work. It is, yeah. So and you've obviously not got wife, kids, job, and all that. So yeah, what why did you want to do that? And was it? I
1: haven't killed it off yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm not doing much of it. But I did, you know, for the last what three years, I did do quite a lot of it. I've released 28 records. Yeah. Um, and oh, which p- reminds
0: me, I need to pick up one of oh, you for I leave. You can have whatever records you like. Um, <laughs>
1: but yeah, so I mean, it's it's something that, like you say, there's a lot of trials and tribulations. Yeah. With, um Sometimes a lot of regret. Yeah. And sometimes a lot of um, a lot of hardship and annoyance. But uh, a lot of the time, it, there's a lot of benefits, a lot of pros to it. You know, I've met some great people through it. Yeah. And, you know, ticked a lot of stuff off my bucket list and had a really good time. Um, but it all started, I guess, again, in some ways, it was again, it was Dope Fight. Like, we started releasing our own records. Mm. And I just thought, you know, and I saw a lot of friends do it. And I thought, you know, do you know what? Sometimes when you're in a band, I don't want to be going around asking people all the time, can you listen to our demo? Can you buy a demo? Can you, yeah, yeah. can you, can you check out my new band? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, so I just thought, do you know what? And at, at that particular point in my life, um, you know, I, I didn't have all these responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. So I had a bit more time and and, and cash I guess. And uh, so I just, I just threw it into that and ha- I've never you know I, I barely broken even now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if if at all. But um I'm, I I have no in general I have no regrets, but I did I just threw I threw everything into that for a good few years and I released the records of friends and my own bands that I yeah. wanted to. Um and I hope that you know in some ways you know a lot of people have enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well cuz I think the first, what was the first record you put out? Was it the the Don't Fight one? No, uh, what, on, what, on Headless? Yeah, yeah. No,
1: do Fight was never released on Headless. Headless. Um, the very first record I ever put out was the River Jumpers record. That was it, yeah, yeah. yeah cause yeah. I remember,
0: cause there was a few, oh, it's gonna really bug me now. There was a band from Brighton that were kind of, like the whole sort of skater punk sound. And I've checked them out, and then you put out their record. But it's got- oh, Hellwinners! That was it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: that's Max and Trist, who I was in a band with. We did Sislac together.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about
1: that. Yeah, yeah. So they did that band um, for a while, which was great. They were called Mother Tongue or something else before that. Yeah. Um, but then that all fell apart, and because uh, I worked with Max. Max is a fellow hosty. Right. He, okay. He's the drum and river jumpers, but he also, uh, pl- he also plays okay. bass. So we worked together and we we're good friends. And he was like, "Look, dude, do you want to do a band?" And I was like, "Yeah," but. I only play drums. And he was like, well, I'll, I'll play bass then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still me formed Sizzle, like I did all that. But um, yeah, Hellwind is his old band. Yeah. And they're, cause they're
0: really cool. Because yeah. I remember we, this is when I was still with Fiona, we came out to Brighton just for the day and they were playing a show at the Hope and Ruin. Yeah. So we're like, oh, we'll, we'll go check them out. Check them out. And then I think the next day you were like, oh yeah, I'm putting out their, yeah. their record. It's just yeah. a really sort of bizarre yeah. chain of events. No, they, they're good friends of mine.
1: So that's, that's, that's kind of why I started that. It was so I could release... Friends of mine, right? you yeah, yeah. because like, and they were struggling. They were like, you know, oh, we just cut this cool demo. And I listened to it. I was like, mate, this, this, demo, this demo is sick. Yeah, yeah. Like, this need, this needs to be getting. You know, who, who's, t- who's putting this out? No yeah. one. Oh fuck it. <laughs> I'll do it. You know, like, why not? And I, I just took the plunge with a lot of things, and yeah, I'm glad I did. Some things I took the plunge with, and you know, hey, but that's that. Yeah, that's, yeah I'm yeah. sure, as you know, that's that's what it's that's all about. What it is, yeah, but that's
0: that's punk rock. It's all a gamble, and that's half. You know, that's half the the mystery and excitement. about yeah. it Yeah. Well because you brought it up and it was a band that I completely forgot you were in is Sislac, obviously yeah. um, kind of a bit of a different band that people would be sort of necessarily associate you with um, yeah. but how was that because again it didn't have exactly the longest shelf life but it was cool for, for the time it was around and yeah. you did a couple of tours and weekenders and stuff yeah, you so how was that put two records
1: out um, yeah we had a good time with that I mean it's fun I've always wanted to be in a pop punk band okay or like a kind of just a fast melodic kind of yeah yeah um skate punk band you know something along those lines you know basically a band that i've always said to like that's how me max and tris started off we just said oh let's rip off iron chic yeah oh, nice so we, yeah, so we yeah, did yeah. Our, our worst best representation <laughs> yeah. of being three english idiots ripping off Iron Sheik. yeah yeah um and that's what it was but i mean i've, I've, I've always been into everything from you know from soul music to to punk music to um, to metal music to hip-hop everything you know, and i've always wanted to make sure that i kind of drum as, in as my, many bands as i can yeah as m- many genres as i can yeah. as much as possible just on a purely selfish level yeah yeah i just want to push myself and see if i can do it yeah um so that's that so that for me says that was an opportunity to kind of do that um it's the first time i went in the studio and you know recorded drums in a certain way and yeah. you know did things in a certain way and wrote songs in a certain way but it was it was really interesting mm. um i'm very thankful for all, for all my experiences and
0: yeah you know everyone's always been really great yeah um, and before we get on to what you're doing now obviously mm. watch Christ. something that I want to ask you about is kind of how obviously I know you've probably changed from band to band but your sort of writing process for as, as a drummer because go, again going back to, to our drummer he kind of feeds off the riffs that the guitarists kind of do and then sort of it builds mm. from there works with the bass and so forth but every so often he'll come into practice and yeah. be like I've got this rhythm, or I've got this feel. That yeah, I, I, I think would. So yeah, just kind of wanted to I'm see a bit what your process. That. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I kind of like if a guitarist wants to turn up with a riff or an idea, that's fantastic. That's yeah. brilliant. Um, but I won't wait around for that. <laughs> yeah, like I'll always have a million and one things in my head. Yeah. Um, so when I kind of I'll sit down and try and get a, a better idea of what I want. Implement it and kind of, I'll actually hum it into my phone. That's how I do it. I oh, okay, write, that's
0: pretty cool. I write
1: songs or structures or ideas or beats or rhythms or whatever into my phone. You know, boom, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I won't go into it now. But that that is kind of what I do. Anyway, so I'll turn up and I'll go right. I've got this, and I kind of have an idea for if I I can't play guitar or anything yeah. else. You know, for any, you know, for love nor money, <laughs> uh, it just just won't happen. But I I can hear riffs. So I kind yeah, as yeah, best course. as I can, try and turn them what I want. And I'm really bad at it, I'm really awful. And that's why Paul was fantastic. And that's why I think we've always been together in advance yeah, yeah. and you know because I could just go, Paul, I wonder if it goes nun, 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 nun. and you go, Oh, okay, you mean like nun, dun dun, i be like yeah, yeah, that's, cool. <laughs> that's exactly actually what I meant. You know, I just that's cool. just couldn't really couldn't portray it the yeah, right yeah. way. Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah, i I think it's an it's definitely both. It's, it's it's whatever guitarists want to bring and whatever I kind of bring to the table. Yeah. And we'll dice it up, chop it up, and you know no one's precious anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. In certain bands, people have been; in certain other bands, people don't care. And it's it's sometimes too much that way, sometimes too, too much that way. But with Watch Cries, I definitely feel like we've got a really good balance. Yeah. Even though now we've got a new guitarist in it, um, we haven't actually started writing yet. But I feel like there's there's a nice there's a real nice balance. Yeah. back. You know, no one. No one cares. Yeah, you know, no one cares. No one's precious about their ideas or, or whatever. It's just, can we get what we want?
0: Yeah. Well, obviously we'll, we'll come on to, to watch Christ now. So you, again, I know it's you, Paul, and well, St- Steve's in watch as well Steve's always yeah, been yeah, in so, watch so, cries, yeah. yeah. So you three again, but a co- almost like a different sort of variation. So <laughs> a different, basically teeth, but with minus Lloyd's. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but how, how did that kind of conversation? What? Because obviously um, well, it's well, still I, sort of got that sort of blast beaty fast Well sound, actually it was it was after
1: Teeth. I was in another band called Time Waster. Yes, yeah. Um, which was with Rudy and it was basically he was on vocals so it was Teeth again but with minus Lloyd with Rudy. And then that didn't work out. Um, and I was talking to Nats at the time. I think we were I can't remember what show we were at. We were, we were standing outside some, sort of, some venue in, in Brighton I was having a cigarette and was talking to Nats and she was saying that, you know, she's she just quit Torpor at the yeah. time and she hadn't got anything you know going and I was just like look you know like I kind of I'm cutting this record but I'm not sure it's working out and she was like um well why don't why don't I give it you know give it a go give yeah. it, it away and see you know have a little jam so we had a little jam what we were doing currently then wasn't right and we went hold on hold on a minute what you what your voice is yeah or what you do is is so cool that we're gonna write to that yeah like that's cool and we we fucked off everything we did yeah we spent a year writing a record and we just mm. sucked it all off and uh we started again from scratch basically basically writing around nat's vocals
0: yeah
1: and um, they were so dark we wanted to write really dark music
0: that's cool and really like,
1: gnarly music so we kind of did that and um yeah so we jammed it didn't work out and we knew it wasn't right so we we fixed it and after a couple of attempts i think yeah i think i think we well we got the demo so yeah, yeah
0: yeah so was it a case that that's kind of just came to the table with with vocals and then said like, this is the, yeah, the theme almost. I've never had a band like that. I've yeah. never had
1: a band where someone's gone, this is my voice and, I, and I've gone, <laughs> yeah. holy fuck, these wrists are no way dark enough. Yeah, I've yeah. never done that. I've always gone, this, these are the wrists or these are the beats. This is the structure. This, yeah. is, this is how the things are. Like your voice is just like the fucking chair on top. Like yeah, yeah. I've never, you know, being a drummer, I suppose I'm biased. Like I, I don't really listen to lyrics. They're the last no, no, thing I listen no, to no, sometimes yeah. on, on most records. Um, and you know, the like vocal vocals, they just they've never really they don't stick out too much for me. Um, so they've always been kind of like additional, yeah, afterthoughts yeah. in some ways, which is I'm almost ashamed to admit, but they kind of in most ways that's how they always are. We always we've just no, write, we write riffs, we write music, and I then totally vocals agree. we throw like, on
0: Because that's like when we're practicing, yeah, I almost take a back seat when the guys are writing because I think, right, you do the structure of the song and then I can, yeah. Jabbing but, um, that way, sort of. But thing. Nats
1: was different. She came about and she went right. And all, not didn't di- she didn't dictate, but she <laughs> conducted us. And, and <laughs> kind of like, we were like, "Ooh, not used to this." Yeah, like, yeah. Hold on a minute. These are great ideas. Yeah, wow, yeah. Why don't we like not? Why don't we get out of our comfort zone and see what we can do? And literally, what watch cries is the amalgamation of three idiot punks being pushed to play really dark, fairly technical music. Yeah. That we wanted to always do and in some ways thanks to that she she pushed it out of yeah. us so
0: and cuz uh, i don't know like again it might be just from an outsider kind of looking in but the the reception from for what you guys is doing has been really sort of like re- receptive like i think there's been it's been great so far yeah there's been quite a yeah, bit of really surprising lovely yeah so like for for you being <coughs> like not changing up your style cuz i think your drum style is still very aunt Cole kind of thing mm-hmm. in it <laughs> <Thank> but, <you. laughs> but like Having that kind of almost, I don't know, like PR push. Not to say that that's been the case, but like with with the album, there was when that came out, there was a lot of people sort of buzzing around that. So how was that kind of from your perspective? That was lovely. I think. I mean, obviously, you know, we got Holy to thank for that yeah. as well.
1: Um, you know, they helped us out with the the EP and and the album. Um, I released everything physically. Yeah. Kind of, they released everything digitally. Yeah. Um, so we kind of got together and did all of that, which was really lovely. And it, yeah, it, it, it pushed it into places that none of us would have ever, I suppose, reached naturally on our yeah. own at this point. Um, so we're very thankful, and it was—it it, felt—it felt really nice, you know, um, to get such a nice response. Um, and we we're very pleased because that, you know, our record Wraith, um, you know, took a year to make, and it was a very, very intense. Year. Mm. And obviously, it's in some ways, it's Paul's legacy. It's his final swan song. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what he's bowed out and hung his guitar on. Yeah. And I think, you know, in some ways, he feels that proud about it. That that's it. Almost. He like, he's happy. So he was just like, like, yeah. like, this is this is the one that I can bow out on." Because yeah. like, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, so I think you know. So it's very special anyway for those reasons. Um, but I think we're all very proud of it. But it's it's just interesting to see now what's going to happen because I think it's going to take a turn in a different way for the better. Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, I'm excited. Well. I think we'll start kind of running down now because we're, we're approaching sort of the hour hour mark. But kind of that's what I was going to ask. So, so obviously, for for me knowing you all these years, you and Paul were kind of like the the duo yeah. that sort of yeah. kind of the glue that's not <laughs> the glue that's kept things together. But so so for for you, like what's what's the kind of exciting step now that you're kind of um, stepping away from Paul, working with a different guitarist? Like, have you kind of started toying toying with with ideas already? I'm not gonna lie yes I obviously I'm trying to think I've got
1: I, I try to keep my fingers as many pies as possible musically um, but it has been it has been hard in some ways you know he, he would probably hate me for saying this but <laughs> you know I, 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 I'm gonna miss him musically very very yeah, much yeah. Um, you know it's a shame that he's hung up his guitar he's got his own reasons that's what he finds. Yeah, yeah. like, there's no bad blood at all you know we're all still the best of friends but um, yeah I think um, it took me a while to get over a good few weeks I think yeah. you know it was all like any end of any relationship, you know, <laughs> yeah. I had to kind of compute it. But once I got my head around it, I'm, you know, I'm happy with it now. Like, you know, he's happy, I'm happy, it's all good. And and um, Maud, who's now the guitarist from Watch Guys, yeah. is 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 another Eastbourne boy. He's a good friend of ours. You know, we've known him for years, and he's amazing. He's yeah. he used to be in the James Cleaver Quintet.
0: Oh, okay. He currently plays in Boss. Um, oh, so you got got a bit of reputation then, which is he's which is always he, good. He, he's he's a badass. Yeah, he's he's
1: a good lad, and he's a sick guitarist. And he's picked up. He learned that whole record like. I think he sat down and pulled three times
0: that's nuts played it through and now
1: he got it so now we've been jamming and uh, yeah he's the one so that's cool we're going to go on tour in May awesome we're going on tour with Miners from Canada oh sick um, who's my, my good friend Nick who's also another Eastbourne boy who emigrated to Canada a few years ago right okay I didn't know um, that who he he basically Nick recorded all the Dope Fight records. Oh, okay. Nick Kinnish, he's a great guy, yeah, he ran At yeah. Finish Studios. And we've known him for years obviously because he's good friends with you know Steve and yeah. Ward and all you know, all, all of us like we've all been friends for a long time. And he then moved to Canada after almost after we were cut that, that Dope Fight records. Right, okay. Because um yeah, it was almost straight away after we did buzz. Not not short, shortly after yeah. we moved away. So then that's why Wolf we flew out to Canada to record those records. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. So all the war stuff is recorded with him in Canada. And he started Miners. When we were out there he had he just got Miners on the go and right. I released their demo tape on Headless yes, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're a really good band, you know, you know, I mean, they've had a numerous lineup changes now. Yeah. The, the current lineup that it is now, I've never actually met all of it, yeah. all of them. But um it's it's the lineup that works. Yeah, yeah. And has put out one of the sickest records yeah. ever. And so we're going on tour with them boys. they they're flying back over this way in May. Um, so we got a week long with them that's cool all over which will be really fun um, so yeah both of us and they were also their record was released in Holy Raw yeah yeah so it's going to be a bit of a Holy Raw tour that's cool um, so that's really exciting and then after the, after we've done that tour we're going to get more knuckling down in the studio and get to see what get riff so you can fire at us awesome and we're to start writing a new record nice see what ha- happens but um, also got another new band on the go which oh, okay. I'm probably <laughs> why, not, why am I not surprised um, <laughs> I, I can't well we're, we're recording next month oh okay um I'm going to say it is with Dean.
0: Oh, okay. What? Oh, I think he's mentioned this actually. Yeah. yeah. So, That's uh, my saw him. Me and Steve from Watch yeah.
1: have teamed up with <coughs> we've teamed up with Dean from Witch Cult and Lloyd from Yeah. Never. Um and we've basically formed a really gnarly DB band. Yeah,
0: I remember... Um, cause They're going to hate me for saying
1: this, but hey, it's, it's going to get out there sooner than later. No, I was going to say, but um, by the
0: time this comes out, it might already exactly. be... Oh, that's good then. So yeah, yeah, it's
1: good. So basically, buy our demo tape. <laughs> it's, it's self-released. Um, so buy it from our band account when we make it. But it should be made by now.
0: Um. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, because I remember I saw um, Dean and Lloyd at uh, Exit Order Show at the Calvin oh, Club. Oh, sick, yeah, 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 And he'd mentioned that you guys were, yeah. were doing something, so that's cool so yeah, yeah I've, I've got that in the panel which I'm really excited about so basically Watch
1: Rise um, is a, hopefully gonna you know do some really cool stuff play lots of shows go on tour release a new record blah 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 and this new band hopefully we're gonna we go, we'll record Pat Identitate play some new shows and hopefully go on tour you know do all that you know usual punk rock shit. yeah you know all the usual
0: fucking crap you do
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you waste your time and money being a dickhead that's cool um, and <laughs> How I like to kind of round this off, Ant, is yeah. I like to ask the guests that, um, what their kind of favourite song is, but obviously uh, we'll go with the current incarnation that you've got, so uh, your favourite Watch Cry song, but with a sw- slight twist, so what is your favourite Watch Cry song that you like to play live, and why?
1: Oh, okay,
0: It's um, a good question. <laughs>
1: that's why I throw it in at the end yeah I mean the, I all, I have them perfectly in the set for different reasons right okay but I suppose my favourite song to listen to and play it has to be Severing Union yeah yeah because it was a real it was a real niggly one to write okay it took a long time to, it was, I think it was the I think we all almost I think Paul almost had a mental breakdown okay. we trying to write the end to that song um but we got there eventually and I just think it is I'm very proud of it because it's one of the gnarliest things I've ever done yeah um on record and live, it's so much fun to play, yeah. Like when we get it right, um, <laughs> yeah. it's it just feels so good to like kind of get that out, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, drumming wise, as well, especially, I kind of do everything I would want to do in a song, yeah, yeah, do as much as I can do, but without doing too much, yeah. And likewise, with all the riffs and everything, it, it was just a very intense song, um, yeah, it's got to be that, perfect, definitely, brilliant. And
0: thank you very much, thank you very much, Tim. That was awesome. <laughs> so there we have it folks a massive thank you again to Ant for welcoming me into his home and having a little chat with me it was great I had a really nice time and it was it was just nice to kind of chat up chat up? catch up with a mate really um, as you can tell Ant is an extremely busy man so uh, you can keep up to, to date with all his bands and his label what they're doing on, on the various social media platforms um, rather than me listing them all off like I usually do I will put the uh, link Relevant links in the description of the podcast. Um, But one thing of note: uh, the band that he's in, uh, Watch Cries, are going out on tour with uh, Miners in May. The dates run from May fifteenth to May twentieth. I'm kind of doing this on the fly, so I do apologise. I'm just getting the dates up for you now. But again, all the all the relevant links will be in the the description. But yeah, they're doing uh, Bristol, Sheffield. Edinburgh, Hull, Oxford, and uh, my hometown of Portsmouth. So, fingers crossed, we'll get to play with them as well. Um, but, yeah, all there's left for me to say is thank you again for joining me on the Justin Insight podcast, and I'll see you soon.